and welcome to Say That, the podcast where your big questions get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. Joining me here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. Okay, fine. He always sounds like he doesn't want to be here on the second show. <laughs> and it's because it's true. Joining us also is the director of Mission USA Productions, Jed Brewer. Greetings. Joining us all the way from Rutgers, Tennessee, one of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Yeah, yeah, still on steroids. What? Wow, that's good. I like that. Yeah, so, yeah. For some reason, steroids make Lee sound like Flavor Flav. Bring the questions. He's his well, own hype man. I'm not sure if it's the steroids or not, but his choice to record the podcast shirtless and oiled up is <laughs> a little disturbing to me. That was not an image that anybody needed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that is a different kind of steroids that he's on with the, with the, having the cold. But Glenn, you, all, told me, steroids. you told me you weren't going to say anything when we started the show about the shirtlessness, man. Well, that's true. I, Brother's I violated gotta stick your trust. Together. Yeah, yeah. I, I shouldn't have done he's that. He's going to roid rage now, Glenn. You see what you've done? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Set him off. You're going to feel the wrath of his 32-inch pythons. Wow. It's going to happen. Wow. Yeah. Okay. You just bought yourself a ticket to the gun show. <laughs> <laughs> did I Did I buy a ticket to the gun yeah. show? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. I was about to make a <laughs> uber nerdy fantasy novel reference, and wow. I caught myself. That's good. Probably good. Said you went with a professional, 80s professional wrestling reference so you could be cool like the kids. Yeah. Here's the thing, and I, I think this says a lot. Between um, my Game of Thrones reference that I was thinking oh, and my Hulk Lord. Hogan reference that I was thinking, oh, I went with the less nerdy one. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, they're both uh, deeply within the realm of not at all cool. Oh, they're yeah, nerdacular. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely aware. Here's the thing. If you, if you say anything that has to do with anything that Glenn finds remotely uncool, he will immediately ramp up the uncoolness of you to the like the umpteenth level. Let me just, just like, try it. Your let uncoolness me just try and, goes crazy. Let me tell you something about this character assassination that's happening right now. <laughs> this is Settlers of Catan related. <laughs> oh my. You this is not a witch hunt. This is true. Let me try and tell you this, this, A, this, this Brad, is Brad, I know you're listening. Cover your ears. This is, first of all, <laughs> not exciting. Okay. The Settlers of Catan. B, extremely nerdy. C, no gambling involved, so why am I interested? All right, I'm, I'm going to, as, as a neutral party, I'm going to recount the story we're talking about here. Yeah. Is a couple of years ago at this point, uh, Glenn and Jed had come down to Tennessee. This was when I used to still live down there and kind of see the folks at the church and uh, kind of meet and greet and spend a weekend, get some relaxation in a place that has hills yeah. and trees, mm-hmm. which is a nice change of pace when you sure. live in Chicago. Mm-hmm. So uh, at the at the time, me and Lee and a bunch of guys from the church had kind of a monthly-ish poker night, kind of a you know $5 buy-in, kind of meet at somebody's house and have like a penny poker yeah, type fellowship. Deal. Yeah, it was real, Gambling is wrong! Thank you, Jed. It's actually not in the Bible, but... Sometimes sure. Jed chi- Jed's childhood just happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... so uh, I, for whatever reason, I couldn't be there that night, but Jed and Glenn are in town, and uh, Lee invites him to the thing, and it's sold, I believe, to Glenn as poker. Yeah, well, I'd love I'd love playing poker. Sure, it's Glenn fantastic. likes vice pretty much of any kind you can find. Oh, yeah, yeah. So when they show up, somebody has said, I know we normally play poker, but because we had a couple extra people, we're up to a certain whatever it is, eight or whatever, I, th- I brought Settlers of Catan, which if you don't know is a... Uh, 
a board game. Very cool you, board game. I'm not making any part of this up. And don't get me wrong, I like Sailor's Catan. I also gave up on being cool like a decade and a half yeah. ago. It was really never in the cards for me. It, it is a board game in which you manage natural resources. Yeah. <laughs> That's what you do. You and get when your you, rock when you, and your wood and your wool. And when you call it a board game... <laughs> It's, You're saying that's a B-O-R-E-D board yes, game? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> so Glenn was promised gambling and got managing the the uh, timber industry in an imaginary island, and he hasn't let go of that in four years. Yeah, well, we, we need to brutal. say one thing, though. Yeah. The man made us feel terrible the whole time and that's then true. had the audacity to completely win the game. Well, uh, that's true because i i i must win i I must conquer all conquest is cool yeah oh yeah that's cool but uh i i think uh there's still some open wounds uh, on some of the comments that i made on the settlers of Catan. (laughs) and i know i i know this i know our asian brethren and sisterin are into the board games and maybe you're trying to make your way over to settlers of Catan. you know what don't do it (laughs) Say just stay Candyland adjacent. That's, yeah, whatever it is, that it that just ain't cool, man. There's got to be a way to put money on Settlers of Catan, which I think would bring both sides of this argument together. I, you the, let's you know what? Let's unite. I like to unite. I don't <laughs> sure. want to divide. I don't. I, I don't want to hate Settlers of Catan. I don't want to believe it's the most boring, nerdy thing in the world. I don't. <laughs> sure. ha- I don't want to have to do that. Sure, sure. It just is true. That's sure. all. See, so that's I'm just dealing with that. Sure, you're just you know you speak truth. That's all. That's how I'm living. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I'm living. I, I think I I can oh I think I can bring healing with something that unites us. Okay, you know you know what people like. What they people like? like Christmas. They do like Christmas. Christmas Whoa. just around the corner. Whoa! I believe this episode's going to come out on November the nineteenth uh, or thereabouts. Yeah, something like that. So about a week before Thanksgiving, and as we've done in previous years, we got a little Christmas swag for you. Whoa! Oh, wow! That's right. If you sign up for Bridgebox in the month before the end of the year, pretty much. We have a little Christmas EP we will send you a free download of. This is mu- music you can only get this through this particular avenue. We've got a few original Christmas songs from Jed. We've got some uh, original Christmas songs from Lee. We've got some stuff sung by our friends Haley and Zach from Nashville. And we've got Lee right now in the hoppers cooking up his own version of a an awesome mid-19th century hymn called I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day which you've probably heard. It's a, a little different take on it that Lee is putting together and Jed's going to do some work on as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. So if you sign up for either Bridgebox or Bridgebox Lee Younger before the end of the year, you can do you can get that free EP and you say, I'm already a Bridgebox subscriber, but I would still like this EP. If you want to add Bridgebox Lee Younger for the low, low price of $4 a month going forward, we get you that free EP. You can email Matt at missionusa.com for that custom link. Woo! And look, here's the thing on this. I know that I've got some songs on this record, so this sounds a little ridiculous, but this is going to be a cool record, man. It's true. It's, I mean, now, I, I know that because I like Settlers of Catan, and I guess because Jed likes Game of Thrones. I was bringing healing, Lee. <laughs> Why would you Jed, let me bring healing? Because Jed <laughs> likes Game of Thrones at... Now, Glenn would say we're not cool, I I guess. But Correct. whatever whatever the status of our coolness, this Christmas record is going to be a rocking, awesome, really cool Christmas record. What, whatever you think about board games and uh, fantasy TV shows, this is going to be awesome. 
I think it's fair to say you would only not want this Christmas record if you hate Christmas. And on that basis, I declare an emergency. An emergency. I'm, I'm going to stall your emergency real quick. Just throw this out there. Can we cast Hulk Hogan in the next season of Game of Thrones? Because then I could be happy. Dude. Maybe. Yes. All right. Emergency away. I declare no sidebars on my emergency. <laughs> You, you have the floor, sir. You just hold off that Hulk Hogan comedy moment. <laughs> I had to get it when it was fresh. <laughs> the gentleman from Houston has the floor. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. We got a war on Christmas, y'all. Really? Do we? Now, I, here, I don't know anything about it, but I saw it like on the- on TV? The, um, yeah, I'm, I'm flipping through the channels, and you know how they had the little you know things where they had the news reports, and it has like a little- you know, like disaster in Madagascar or something at the bottom. So you don't know what's happening. I just saw this. It's a war on Christmas. Okay. And I said, you know what? I'm picking a side. Okay. I'm on the side of Christmas. You're furring. (laughs) That's right. Okay. Don't try and come at me. Not again it. No. Fur it. Fur it. Because uh, hey, if you're attacking Christmas, you know what? I'm attacking back. That's how that's going. Uh, normally, Glenn, occasionally, uh, you wouldn't believe it, but Glenn will kind of uh, use a little hyperbole, mm-hmm. make some things up during emergencies, <laughs> maybe for comedic effect. We know he's serious about this because he's dressed in a Santa suit with the sleeves ripped off, holding a giant sharpened candy cane, and he's about to go to war. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out there. If you don't like it, send it right back. I'm saying Christmas sweater okay. knit. Out of Kevlar. Whoa. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's commitment. Because you you trying to attack reindeer cavalry. You know, see, when people say war on Christmas, I assume it's like you're having Christmas dinner with the family and everything, right. with the tree and the presents. Where somebody just comes in there and like- Steals it all? Takes a turkey. Goes and, the full Grinch on it? Yeah, and just like, ha, you've been warred on. Yeah. By, you know- war- We defeated war- Christmas. Yeah, we're on Christmas, and then you just push over the tree, and they run out. That's what I'm assuming. We can't have that, Jed. No. We're trying to listen to our Bridgebox uh, Christmas music and have a good time. Well, you know that's going to be illegal if we lose the war on Christmas. Well, see, and this is the beauty, because isn't this true that this music that you're offering is only available through the Bridgebox? That's Boom. accurate. See, that's what, you know what that means? A man can't get to it. That's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> they can't about. take us out. We, you're, we, you're saying we're the, like the French resistance of the war on Christmas. Completely true. <laughs> completely true. We're and uh, also this is also a fact. If you're a British box person, you get this British box music. You can send that to any of your friends for free. Sure, we, we don't not care. Like no a, DRM at all. They don't have the DRM on there. You could just—I don't even know what that means, but it's yeah. something. It means you could give it to your friends and just email it to them and say, "This is Christmas music. It just happened, y'all." Boom. Boom. Take that, people! Taking you're a like, war on you're Christmas. You're like an underground Christmas supplier, staying this, underneath the war on Christmas. That's that's. Completely I don't know if it. that's really an analogy we want to go to. Of people <laughs> supplying things underground that are illegal and the above. I don't know if we want to be in the black market Christmas business. I think we definitely when do. Christmas okay. is outlawed. <laughs> Only the outlaws will have Christmas. That's correct. <laughs> that is a brilliant <laughs> statement, Jed Brewer. <laughs> if Christmas is wrong, I don't want to be right. That's what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. We're Christmas Outlaws, y'all. Yeah. That's what's happening. Can the, name of the EP, can the name of the EP be Christmas Outlaws, please? I know we're not printing physical ones, so it doesn't actually need a title, but... At this point, how would it not be Christmas right. Outlaws? Excellent. So we're, 
they're trying to take us out. You know what I mean? But it's like, we, it's like the you know the movie poster for Tombstone, mm-hmm, but it's all of mm-hmm. us in Santa outfits. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, here's what but I'm saying with the giant mustaches. <laughs> based on based on what we've done so far in 12 minutes, we've given our listeners the physical or the mental image of Glenn in a Kevlar Christmas sweater. Right. Me shirtless and oiled up on a roid rage. Thanks right. for bringing that back up after and, everyone had forgotten about it, Lee. Yeah, and here's what I'm saying. This is a disturbing episode of this show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which I is saying something. I would submit brothers. that this is no more disturbing than the average show, actually, which may be a bigger problem. I'm saying four of us in cowboy boots, Santa outfit, sort of a dingy Santa outfit, yeah. with, with the pistols on our hips, you know. <laughs> And just right through the middle of town. Yeah. Come at us. You know, rise up if you want to. Yeah. Because Christmas outlaws. Christmas outlaws. That's how we that's how we roll, man. Yeah. Don't yeah. try don't try and come against it, because that's how we're doing it. I definitely think that at this point there should be like a, a thirty or forty second like Jed Brewer country song called Christmas Outlaws that's on the EP. I you know, I think um if there's demand if the people rise up and say, we want to help save Christmas, because here's the thing, Here, here's the thing, I don't, you know, if you're the kind of person where you say, you know what, I, I'm okay with Christmas going away, I don't judge you. Right. That's all right. That's right. your decision. If you look at the world as messed up as it is and say, hey, you know, we don't, what's Christmas for anyway? We right. don't need it. Wow. You know, if that's where you're at, that's cool. Right. I mean, it's not, but that's I cool. I mean, yeah, how do you sleep at night? But go ahead. Sure, absolutely. Hey, you know, if you have that attitude, the Christmas terrorists win. That's what I'm talking about. That's right. Okay. No. That's what I'm talking That's about. That's what happens. And the, the Christmas terrorists win. The Christmas This outlaws. analogy is getting too real. It's We're- an insurgency on Christmas, y'all. That's what's happening. Oh, no. I hope you understand what's taking place here. This is getting too deep. Look, we, we have declared a war on Christmas terror. Right. That's what we're doing. Correct. Because we're Christmas outlaws. Oh, That's correct. And what I want to say is, if you don't care about that effort, hey, that's your business. Right. You know, and if you, you know, if the fact that, you know, this amazing Christmas record that's going to rock your face, if that means nothing to you, hey, whatever. Yeah. But if you say, I like Christmas. Right. I want Christmas to exist. Right. I'm going to prove that by signing up for Bridgebox and by getting this amazing Christmas record. If that's where you're at. Right. If deep down in your soul, Uh that's what's there. Yeah. Man. Man. I feel like you're just emphasizing random words at this point. Then I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, here's what I'm here's what I'm trying to say is like um if I could just kind of maybe sweep all this into a pile. Sure. Is it possible that we could get at some sort of event going? Because you know what people like to do is these Christmas concerts and sure, stuff. Sure, sure. And they like, you know, Christmas music and getting all that going. And one of the things, I don't know if y'all know this, but this actually here in Chicago is a popular thing to, for these mega churches to do a, 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 a Christmas thing where they get like real animals and oh, yeah. do like a manger thing. Yeah. Because that's a great way to spend money in church, y'all. Sure. Sure. <laughs> Now, but people like a show for Christmas, sure, right? Sure. So if I combine all these ideas that we're talking about, yeah, being shirtless and oiled up, wrestling references, <laughs> war on Christmas, insurgency, Doc holiday. What I'm saying is that these people want, if these people want to try to come, the to the terrorists, you yeah. see, trying to war on Christmas, right? right. 
I'm saying wrestling ring. Okay. Sure. We challenge them. Sure. Sure. Say so if you if you can. That way we we bring the fight to them. I like it. And then we wrestle it out. See right. what is it going to be. Sure. Right. See what I mean? That way we the, the we and we will will emerge victorious. Sure. Christmas clash 2013. There you go. Yeah. I, I just want to throw this out there. Not only is Matt King bearded, but he is a black belt. Ooh. I don't know if the Christmas terrorists have a black belt. I feel like Lee is trying to put the terrorist heat on me. Yeah. I feel like Lee is trying to make me target number one. He's our our secret weapon, see? That's right. See, we, uh, Jed goes in there. Now, Jed's not particularly ferocious. No. (laughs) No. He, he, I'm, uh, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I mean, that phrase is on his business card. If, if you, if Jed you Lord, director of mission, you'll say ferocious. not particularly ferocious. I mean, if you want Jed to brood at somebody, oh, I can brood. You can sure. brood. That's we're not, we're not, nobody's questioning that. Yeah, y'all yeah. can't, y'all can't see it because as Glenn's reminded me many times, this is not a visual medium. But right. I'm brooding at Glenn right now. It's, it's like totally. I can feel like the negative. Uh, emotions coming at me yeah i feel a little depressed right now yeah that's that's pretty powerful they are looking at each other and acting it out as if this were a visual thing which is a lot of fun for me and no one else well i think we put you in the corner scene you brood at them out okay you're psyching them out now here's the thing with me i'm a little guy i don't got a lot going on but here's what i got in my favor i will fight dirty sure Super, sure. real dirty. Right. I mean, whatever, whatever it takes. Brass knuckles and the tights. Yeah. Oh, whatever it takes. salt in the eye, all the classics. Oh, yeah, I'll do that. So that's, you know, that'll just soften him up. Then we got Lee on steroids. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, he yeah. He in there all Very oiled much up. the ultimate warrior of the group. He's yeah. going to come in and run around like a crazy man. And then if there's anything to mop up, we bring in our secret weapon, Matt King, Black and belt. he just mop, a, mop it all up. It's all done. I, think, I, think, I don't know if you guys heard it in the recording. I'm pretty sure Lee just did the Ric Flair woo. Woo! Which enjoy, I think we all enjoyed. <laughs> wow. I know I'm normally the one who's tasked with bringing it all back to earth in these yeah. emergencies, but I love everything about it. Okay. I'm wow. sold. Okay. Well, I, that uh, that throws me off a lot. Christmas <laughs> Clash 2013. I, I I'd like to say uh, on the basis that that Matt's on board, I feel that this is uh, a little bit disturbing, and I I think someone should be adult about all this. And on that basis, I declare emergency off. Oh, well, that's a new twist in the emergency stratum. All right, so just remember, missionusa.com slash bridgebox for our normal Chicago monthly bridgebox. That's songs, sermons, Bible studies, videos, devotionals, uh, you can, or you can sign up for the branded Lee Younger Bridgebox. That's missionusa.com slash BBLY. And that, you get, a li- you get a sampling of that stuff from normal Bridgebox Monthly, and on top of that, you get a brand new original song from Lee every month. If you want to sign up for both, you can email me at matt at missionusa.com, and I'll give you a custom link. Sign up for any of those between now and the end of the year. You will get the free six, maybe seven, depending on if we want to do a comedy country song about being Christmas. Only time will tell. At least six song Christmas EP. All right, here we go. We dive into questions 20 minutes in because that's my life. (laughs) This came in anonymously to our Tumblr. It says, what do you think about the advice, eat the chicken, spit out the bones when it comes to preaching? (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. Jed, start us off. Well, before we get to the ranting phase, let's talk about what people mean when they say that. What they mean is, uh, and you might have heard, uh, eat the meat, spit out the bones, the same phrase. The idea is, um, you know, if you're going to a church where the preacher says some fairly weird things from time to time, um, maybe what you could do is just kind of ignore that weird stuff 
and kind of take you know what's good and just meditate on that and let that be all good. I'll, I'll give you an example of what I mean. So there is uh, what some people refer to as um, the health wealth uh, gospel or the prosperity gospel, and it's an idea that what God wants is for you to be rich, like monetarily rich, to have a lot of cash and to always be healthy, and that if you're not uh, rich and healthy, it's because you don't have enough faith. Now, uh, I know we have people that listen to this podcast that are new to Christianity and the Bible, and here's the thing you should know about that is that is not in any way true at all. Not even a little bit. Um, it, It would be hard to find an idea that is less biblical than that. God wants to bless you, and and those blessings look like joy and peace and contentment in spite of your circumstances, but God God is not looking to hand out a big fat uh, checks and sums of money and perfect health. That's that's actually not what this religion is about. But uh there are a lot of preachers that are on that. That's, you know, that's what they believe, that's what they preach, but they also talk some good Jesus stuff about love and forgiveness along the way. So what do we do? I mean, um, what what people that are into the whole eat the meat, spit out the bones thing, what they would say is, I mean, some of the stuff is good, and, you know, do you really want me to just give up on this preacher altogether because, you know, he's got some funky ideas in there? And here's my thing back to you. Uh, this is the thing I'd have you think on is um, why would you eat the meat and spit out the bones when they have chicken McNuggets? <laughs> That's deep. Think about that for a second. It's the first time Chicken McNuggets has been used as the zenith of human accomplishment. Well, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna keep it real here for a second. Uh, I'm not a kid anymore. I love Chicken McNuggets. Accurate statement. Right. Yeah, I could eat my body weight in Chicken McNuggets. <laughs> and you don't. That's even also know, on Jed's business card, by the way. And you don't even know which part of the chicken is the nugget. No, so you don't. Not care. interested in finding out either, yeah. dude. You take a McNugget and some barbecue sauce. That's a good time. That's what that is. Yes. I mean, that. I'm going to stop this analogy right here and insist that you go back to the answer because this is all going to go downhill after that phrase. Here's, here's my point there are delicious things to be had, there's good word to be had. Why would you cheat yourself? Why, why you would don't you do have that? to put up with the bone to get the meat. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to put up with the gristle and the bone and all the bad stuff to get something good. Um, you can go to a church where they just preach the truth. You can go to a church right. where um, they just talk about the Jesus loving you part and the forgiveness part and the grace and the mercy and the joy and the peace part without the weird stuff about money and you're sick because you don't have enough faith. Um, you don't you don't need to settle for less. There's there's no reason to do that. I'll give you another example. If you were dating someone and um, one day out of the week they were a complete crazy person and called you names and sweared at you and said awful stuff about you, but the rest of the week yeah. they were a pretty decent dating partner, it would be very weird to say, hey, man, just eat the meat and spit out the bones. I mean, but yeah, no, that that one day is actually a real, real problem. And particularly because you could date a person that doesn't act that way. You right. could date a person where there isn't that day, that psycho day out of the week. Well, it's the same thing here. Where you live, there are churches <laughs> that aren't standing up and saying weird stuff and trying to confuse you and get you on something weird. You can go to a place that's actually just on the truth, that's on the good stuff, and just enjoy that. Don't cheat yourself. You don't need to settle for less. God doesn't want you to settle for less. We don't want you to settle for less. Go find some chicken McNuggets and enjoy them. Absolutely. Lee? Yeah, I completely agree with Jed here on, on this. And I will say, it's it's important for us to look at what is good preaching supposed to do? 
Um, good preaching is supposed to help you feel closer to Jesus. It's supposed to help you make it through your week. The, your pastor is there to encourage you. Your pastor is there to strengthen you. Your pastor is there to fill in gaps and answer questions for you. Your pastor's job is to make you feel like, okay, I'm going to hang in here and make it another day. Um, if you go to a place where, and, and by the way, I should say at the beginning of this, every preacher is going to lay an egg every once in a while. I mean, Amen. every teacher, every preacher, every teacher, every whatever, every speaker, whatever, everybody's going to have a bad day. Everybody's going to have an off time. I mean, it, folks who listen to this show, every now and then you may be listening and say, you know what, that answer didn't really do anything for me, but 95% of what goes down on this show, I love it. And that's a totally different thing than what we're talking about. When you're looking at like, you know, eat the meat, spit out the bones, what we're talking about is how many bones are you having to spit out here? Yeah. And, and b- Because if... if if you go to a church where a, a dude is bringing it like all basically all the time, and every once in a while there's uh, every once in a while there's something that sounds hinky or is weird, and you just think maybe he had a bad week, or maybe he's not feeling great, or maybe there's just something going on in his head, or he's just not he's just not hitting the ball. You know that's going to happen every once in a while, every every blue moon. But a, a preacher's job is that preacher wants to show you something about Jesus that because of your situation or because of your circumstances or because of something that you've been told or because some lie from the enemy that you're believing, you can't see it. He wants A preacher's job is to untangle the lies that you've been caught in, to set you free, and to help you get back on the road of just being close to the Lord. He wants to encourage you to help you make it. That's his job. Now, if you go to a place where you are constantly feeling like, I'm not good enough, um, if what's being communicated to you is, I'm not trying hard enough, and I feel guilty about that, and I need to do this, and I need to do that, and man, the Christian life is so burdensome. If, if you're going <laughs> to a place like that, then you need to know that's not, what, that's not the kind of environment you want to be in. The, a, a walk with Jesus Look, it's your walk with Jesus is not going to be easy, but it should not be burdensome. You know, a, a preacher that's preaching the word should not be adding burdens onto you. It should be setting free, removing burdens, setting you free to be able to walk this thing out. And I think that's what we need to look at. So, so uh, again, every now and then a great preacher is going to lay an egg. They're they're going to have a bad message. But how many bones are you having to spit out? Because like Jed said, there's a dude somewhere who's bringing something good and sweet and, and, and true every single week. And, and I'll say this, and, uh, and uh, I, I think I'm right about it. You might want to try some smaller churches. Okay. Amen. You might want to try there. Um, you might want to try some churches that aren't that pretty, don't have a ton of money, and uh, can't spend a lot of money on marketing and advertising and stuff like that. Or maybe they don't do that kind of stuff because they don't care about it. The Apostle Paul said a very important thing. He said, when I was with you, I was determined to know one thing, and that was Christ and Him crucified. Another time he said, we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord, and ourselves as your servants. What you want to find is a place like that. A place that doesn't talk about themselves, it doesn't talk about their programs or their building or their anything else. They talk about Jesus Christ crucified. They talk about them. They talk about them wanting to be your servant. You find a place like that, you're not going to have to spit out the bones. Yeah, it's a great point, Glenn. Man, I hate this entire phrase and everything it applies. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. 
Now, would, would you hate it because you've heard it a thousand times and seen the damage it wreaks in people's that lives? That is correct. Um, and, and I agree 100% with what Lee's saying, saying here. Uh, every pastor is going to, you know, uh, you know, have sort of a clunky sermon every now and then where he kind of, you know, whatever. And certainly I listen to more preaching than anybody you know. And um, certainly even in a good preacher, every now and then they'll say something that's like, what? <laughs> you know, just where did that come from and whatever. And yes, in, in that instance, you do look at that and say, well, okay, that was, I'm not really sure what that was, but okay, fine. <laughs> Um, and sometimes that guy might be even thinking to himself, what did I just, what just came out yeah, of my exactly. face? Yeah, exactly. We've all you know, said stuff like that. We've before. all been on the mic and said something and thought as we're saying it, this is not coming out the way I mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. You know, And if that's what you know, you're thinking of uh, when you say eat the meat and spit out the bones, all that's fine. It's not. Uh, that would be okay if that's what you're thinking of. What you're, the, you're hearing that phrase in reference to, someone who's actively receiving something they know to be wrong, and they're saying, I'm sifting through all this wrong stuff to find something that's right that I can then take because this is what you do. I want to ask you the question, why do you think you deserve to do that? Why do you think you deserve something mm. to, to receive something that's so you know uh, tainted and so messed up and so whatever that you have to filter through just to find out what might be right about it that is not what wow. you deserve you deserve way better than that now here's the thing you have to get out into the world and find that church it's not going to jump up at you the ones that don't have a lot on the ball the ones that got little funky little ways and little manipulative ways those people are buying billboards and they're getting in your face and telling you all about it the really good ones, the ones you have to uh, get into, they're really going to love you and heal you. You may have to do a little bit of work, and you may have to get out there and find them. I want you to do that, and here's why I want you to do it. It's because you deserve to have a place where you can trust that this is a good word. Again, yes, once every now in a blue moon, it might be it's a little bit of weird, this and that. What we were talking about is a church that's fundamentally healthy and sound, and mm -hmm. you don't have to have this attitude. Two super, super important points that you need to get a pencil and write this down. First of all, wrong stuff that you hear sticks in your head. Mm. Even if you know it's wrong when you hear it, it just sticks in your head. There's some part of your brain that says, maybe. We were talking about this last week with some, some of our bad parenting. When sometimes we get bad advice from parents or bad negative statements from parents, we know it's not true. We know it's part of their dysfunction. That some part of our head believes it. The thing about bad preaching, negative preaching, bad doctrine is it's based on negative things that you already think about yourself yeah. that it's okay. referencing that. So someone's coming in there and saying, you know, you were looking at pornography and dirty pictures and you're evil and you're wrong and you're bad and you're going to come down forward and you're going to pray and I'm going to put my hands on you and you're going to put a lot of money in the plate and all that. And buy my book and whatever the thing is, it's a manipulation move. But the point is they're putting their finger on something you already want or that you're already upset about or that you're already worried about. So the idea that you're going to hear that and it's not going to have an effect on you, you can kiss that goodbye. That ain't happening. Yeah. Even if you know it's wrong, some part of that's going to, going to stick. Here's the second thing. Super, super important. This analogy is wrong. What this, this says 
eat the meat, spit out the bones. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. That analogy presumes that wrong doctrine, bad preaching, negative, ugly, uh, ungodly preaching is inert, that it's neutral. That's like a bone. You just spit it out, and this is uh, the rest of it is all nutritious, and the rest you just, you know, just rid yourself of it. That is not how this works. When you hear something bad, that's poison. If I tell you, here's some chicken, some of it's poison, <laughs> probably just go ahead and spit it out. Just eat around it. Just you just nibble around the poison. It'll be okay. You ain't, you ain't going to take a bite of that chicken. That's how that works. But the, this mentality, the bad doctrine is just like just laying there and isn't going to actively attack your thought process and get in your head. You, that just, dude, that, you can't get more wronger than that. And so I, I, I cannot emphasize to you enough that you need to be picky with what you receive on yes. the input. This is the most important yes. stuff in your whole world is your walk with the Lord. Don't ever let anybody mess that up and get in there and put a lot of funkiness in your head. That's my speech. Absolutely. And I will tack on to the end of this just real quick. It's something we have to emphasize a lot. Just because someone has a microphone and a suit does not mean they know what they're talking about. Dang, dude. Just can someone up there. Because one of the things we do at our bridge service is every week there's kind of three preachers other than one of our staff people. And some of those dudes, bless their hearts, don't make contact every time up. Right. But what they do is they sit down with the guys afterwards and they talk about the problems and they offer them a ride to the thing and they offer them a church. You don't have to deal with a great public speaker to have a good pastor. Right. So if what you're saying is sometimes this guy is kind of boring or he doesn't communicate his point right, right, but he does other great stuff, that's a different thing than he just goes up and throws stuff at me and tells me that I have to sift through it. Right. right, That's the disturbing part about to me about this question is I don't know if someone told you this on a pastor's behalf or if I really hope it wasn't this one. A preacher said this as part of their message Mm. because as Lee pointed to the four people you hear on this uh, podcast spend a fair amount of time on the mic. And sometimes I say stuff so dumb. I don't know where it came from or what my point was trying to be. But if someone walks up after and says, what did you mean by that? My answer would be, I have no idea. You should forget I ever said that. You're not telling me. That was not a good point. I'm not trying to put that on you. you Yeah, yeah, that ain't it, dude. Absolutely. All right. We're going to move on to our next question here. It came in anonymously to our Tumblr. It says, is there a proper way for a girl to act when she is interested in a guy? How can I let a guy know that I'm interested in him without throwing myself at him and being overly flirtatious? Lee, can you start us off? Uh, yes, absolutely. I love when, when people write us questions where they totally already know the answers and they already answered it themselves. The proper way for a girl to act if she's interested in a guy, number one, you need to be you. Don't change who you are because of some dude or anything like that. You need to be yourself with your personality and your, you know, laugh and your all that stuff. And here's the thing. We've we've said this a lot on this on this podcast, but one thing that's really important is <clears throat> don't be afraid to go tell a guy that you like him. Say the Hello. thing. Don't be afraid to risk it. Don't be I I was talking to a friend um I was talking to a friend tonight who had a uh, there was a guy that she was kind of interested in, and maybe he was going to ask her out and stuff like that. And it had been a couple of days since you know the phone had rang. So she uh, she got in contact with him and said, hey, just want you to know, um, I'm interested in hanging out. And if you want to ask me out, I'll be waiting for that call. Dude called the next day. They're going out. All and it's right. like, there's Boom. nothing wrong with that. That's a way to kick it off. It was great. This was very in line with this girl's personality. It wasn't forward. It wasn't flirta- It wasn't overly flirtatious. She wasn't flinging herself at him or anything like that. She, she took a risk. 
I mean, obviously, because she could have, she could have, uh, she could have done that, and the guy could have never called, and and that would have been difficult. It would have been hard to handle. It would have been hard to to take in. And, and look, stuff like that is going to happen. But I think the number one thing is be you, be the you that you are. Don't don't try to change yourself to because you think this guy would like it like this or anything like that. Be yourself. Say the thing. If you're if you're wanting to if you're wanting to give a guy a shot, if you if you want to go out on a date with a guy. Let him know. I, I think especially in 2013, it, it's like we are at a place where you can say what you need to say, girl, guy, whatever. So say the thing and don't be afraid to risk it. And, and the thing about that is we've talked about so many times, if you risk it, you could get hurt. Okay, it's going to hurt, but that's as Glenn always says. That's that's how we learn this stuff, and that's how that's how so many relationships. That's how we that's how we learn what we don't want in relationships. Is how we learn what we do want. Is you get your heart broken some, and then you get back up off the mat and you go for the next one. So be yourself. Say the thing. Don't be afraid to take a risk. And you know, if you're saying, "How do I let a guy know that I'm interested without throwing myself?" Well, don't throw yourself at him. Just let him know. Just tell him, "Hey, dude." I just want you to know, because guys are thick, all right? We'd, we'd, it takes us a while. I just want you to know, if you ask me out, I'd be, I'd be interested in that. So, uh, yeah, so just say the thing, let us know. Absolutely, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, uh, here's what I'm going to say about this, is I love the, and, and first of all, bless your heart, uh, a, a lot of young ladies ask me this. I know a lot of young ladies struggle with this and trying to figure out how to communicate this stuff. So it's, it's, I don't want you to feel as though you're, um, sort of the only one who deals with this. You're, you're, uh, stuck in this hey, can situation. Can I just jump in and say real quick, uh, that, that kind of goes as a blanket statement for everything you hear on this podcast. If a question makes it the podcast, we've all gotten it several times. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the reasons we answer them is because no, yeah. nothing you hear us talking about is unique to the person who wrote it in. You're yeah. the only one. <laughs> right, exactly. You know. So, so let's start there. Second of all, what I want to highlight, and again, this is a common viewpoint, is the thinking and the way you word this question is, I want to tell a guy that I like him or show him, you know, but in your mind, it, you would set out to say, Hey, you know, you seem like a really cool guy. I think we could have fun. Uh, if, you know, if, if we went out on a date, I think we'd have a lot of fun that you would start doing that. And at some point you would fling your body at him. (laughs) Okay. That's not going to happen because it's, it's not that slippery of a slope. You're going to be pretty goofy with it and nerdy with it. I, I just have feel, I think you're great. And let's, you know, to go together to places. It's going to be nerdy and bad and wrong and weird. That's fine. You know, whatever. He's going to have to process that however he does. This is how, this is good. This is all fine. But this idea that you just try and communicate that in a sweet little godly way and you'll suddenly become some temptress who's wearing a red dress and a thing with high heels and like, hey, sailor, and have, you know, what? This, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna turn into may west yeah we're, we're a long there's a lot of territory between those two but we're acting like we're it's it's you know we're right around the corner from that once we set out to tell a guy that we think uh that he's a a, a, a you know somebody we want to go out with um uh 
I agree with Lee 100%. Uh, uh, communicate with a guy and tell him how you feel about him. Say, I, 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 you know, I think you're an amazing guy. I think we'd get along really well together. I love spending time with you. And, uh, you know, in my mind, I think it would be great if we were more than friends. Boom, done. You know, the uh, ball's in his court, and it's it's his job to respond to that and deal with that. There's nothing uh, – you, you said this. This is a question you asked. Is there a proper way for a girl – to act if she's interested in a guy. Uh, what I, I would ask you is um, how far do you have to go before it's improper? Because I, I, I think you're a long, long, long ways from that. Now, what you're right up against is the part where you feel chicken about okay. doing it. That's We're right on the threshold of that. All Anything right. moving forward would feel like you're chicken. But by, by you, what you're doing is saying... I feel chicken about it, so it must be improper. That's those are two different things, you know. If you were, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, rubbing your body against him and saying, "Let's go out," it's, you know, whatever, that would be uh, sure that would be improper. That would be yes. what we call bad touch. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But you know, if you're too chicken to tell him anything, I don't think we have to worry about that coming up okay so the 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 concern about the improper part uh, we can go ahead and dismiss that if we're a long long ways from that extreme um let's really look at uh you know how can we communicate this in a way that's clear in a way as 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 lee's suggesting that's that's part of your personality maybe part of the relationship that you have with this guy see the real problem and, and let's just quickly touch on this is that this problem is actually bigger than you and this guy. Uh, Christian dating, somebody tried to help it, and they broke it. Mm -hmm. And now you've got yourself a big, fat mess. Now, you can't fix that. I can't fix that. So we just have to figure out how we're going to deal with it. Now, when I was growing up a thousand years ago, the dinosaurs roamed the earth, and it was there was darkness. Everything was just dark. <laughs> and um, But when I was a kid, if, uh, if a, a, a young gal made you a plate of cookies and she would and she'd handed you the plate of cookies and gave you the look said huh then you had to ask her out or someone would just you they would just would make you leave town or something that was that was just the thing is you got the message there's cookies and that's not because we're all friends here so <laughs> you better cookies you know yeah uh it was just it was just a simple the sort of symbolic thing but here's why that worked i'm going to tell you why that worked because guys were inclined to ask out any woman that might remotely say yes right and they would ask that woman out immediately if there was any chance this woman has any interest in me i'm going to immediately ask her out so if there's cookies you're like hey i don't i don't need a bigger indication than this i'm just going to ask her out just you know, it's not that they think they have a chance or know what she's trying to do with the cookies. She's, it's just I'm inclined to do that. But guys, today, uh, they're worried about this thing uh, turning into something weird that they've been made to be afraid of. They're they're worried about being too forward. They're worried just the way you are. They're the, everybody's gotten everybody else nervous about this stuff, so nobody knows what to do. And that's okay because I think the only way we're going to get out of this is just communicate. To simply tell him in a very basic, non-hypersexualized way, hey, I think you're cool. I love spending time with you. I think it'd be great if we were more than friends. Um, I want you to think about that. I want you to pray about that. 
but um, you know, I think it would be great if we took this thing to the next level. And that's just where I'm at, and I'm putting that ball in your court. And if you don't feel the same way, that's cool. We can still be friends. It's not like that. But just a thought for the day. There's nothing remotely improper or unacceptable about it. And at some point, maybe that's just the best we can do with deal with the messed up dating situation. Absolutely, Jed. Well, you know, we um, have done a, a fair amount of counseling amongst the four of us with young people trying to figure out the dating thing. And this phrase, I don't want to throw myself at someone, yeah. comes up a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot. Yeah. And he, I... I I suspect that for a lot of us, we have like an image of like a, a disapproving grandmother in our head, just kind of just shaking in a disappointed way yeah. at everything that we do yeah. connected with dating. And we need to cancel that. Uh, we need to, to start looking at this stuff like adults. So let's break this down. Is it possible to throw yourself at someone? It, it is, in fact. Um, if, if you're doing, what's the what's the thing the kids do nowadays? The hookup? No, the thing with the dancing, with the... The grinding? Yeah, the, what's the other one with the... Oh, with the, the, uh, the twerking. 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 Yeah. See, I knew it. Yeah. Twerking. That's, now, that's improper. Yeah. Do not twerk him. Yeah. You see? <laughs> don't, don't twerk him. That, let's draw, we could draw the line there. We're, we're against that. If you find yourself twerking on him... Yeah. Not until you're married. That's yeah. that's improper. So we can walk it back from there. Twerking <laughs> is meant for the sanctity of the marriage bed. <laughs> but- I want so badly to make that one of the podcast quotes on Tumblr this week, but I don't think I can. Yeah, no. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the deal. Why let's actually ask for a second, because I think this we've we've heard this so many times, you know, particularly from young ladies saying, I'm just I'm horrified by the thought that I would throw myself at someone. I, and I can't just throw myself at someone. But let's actually let's do the math on this. Let's think this thing through. Here's why it's a bad thing to throw yourself at someone. It's not exactly bad because of the sexual part, although it leads to inappropriate sexual activity. It's bad because it's coercive. Let me explain mm. what I mean. You're not going to someone and saying, I am an attractive, um, uh, well-put-together young lady who is interested in pursuing an adult relationship with an eye, yes, certainly towards the long term and perhaps someday marriage. And uh, and I think I can make you a compelling offer on that. I think it's something for you to think about. That is all normal and healthy. Right. Um, uh, Where it becomes coercive is a sense of, I know that you want to have sex, and I can hook that up for you. Mm-hmm. So um, we can use each other. Right. Um, if you'll fulfill my desire to have a, a relationship, I can fulfill your desire for sex. Right. That's a coercive offer. That's that's not about a healthy thing. That's about uh, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Yeah, you're using one another at that point. Exactly right. And that, that would be wrong because... Uh, as Glenn said, you're using each other. That's not the basis of a healthy relationship. Right. But here's uh, apart from all the sex part of it. Exactly right. right. You leave sex completely out of it. Right. You know, right. and that would still not be okay. But here's the thing, and I think this is where it gets um, not confusing, but it, it it can get cloudy, and we want to you know uh, really think this through clearly. If you're interested in someone, there is a sexual component to your interest in them. There should be. Right, sure. You are meant to want, at some point in the future, to take vows before God, and then get to your honeymoon hotel, and then get busy. Right. That that should be somewhere in your brain. That's a good thing. 
That's, sure. that's not a bad thing. And again, the way that we know where we've um, gotten to a point of throwing ourselves at them is are we trying to manipulate them? Mm. Are we trying to put this in a place where we're removing um, their choice as a human mm. being, mm. Um, their agency, if you will, from the equation? That is what it means to throw yourself at someone. Here's what some young ladies, and mostly non-Christian gals, secular gals know, is if you get the right guy, if you find the right guy in the right time, in the right moment, and present yourself to him in a certain way, he's going to do whatever you want. Right. That's going to happen. In fact, here's an assignment for you. There's an old Dolly Parton song called Jolene. And the whole song, you should go listen to it right now. Stop this recording. Go listen to Jolene. The whole song is a conversation between two women about the fact that this Jolene gal knows how to seduce a man. She knows how to present things in a way and get it done where just whatever she wants to happen is going to happen. I don't know that Christian gals are always clear that you can be manipulative and coercive in a way where you're controlling another person's behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can, and particularly more uh, secular gals, are, they know you can do that um, with a sexual offer. There's a way to do that. That's what it means to throw yourself at another person, is to remove their ability to make a decision. Is where you're manipulating them, where you're trying to control their behavior. As Glenn said, you are so far from that. You can't see it mm-hmm. from where you're at. To be honest with you, I think if you decided, I'm going to throw myself at him, I'm I'm gonna go as right. I'm gonna go full tilt throw at. Right. I don't know that you would know how to pull that off. It takes a little bit of practice. This is what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um. This is this is if you can dig it. Let me let me put it to you this way: you can die by drinking too much water. That right. that's a medical fact. You actually, if you drink enough water, it will throw off the electrolytic balance in your body and it will kill you. You have to drink a whole lot, but yeah. But that's the thing: you have to drink gallons and gallons and gallons and gallons of water all in one sitting. For that to happen. And um, someone has told you something that is technically true. They told you, you know, you drink too much water, you'll die. But they haven't given you a sense of perspective about that. Right, right. They haven't given you a sense of just the scale where now you would be in danger of that because no normal person would ever be within a million miles of drinking that much water. It's the same thing here. They've told you, you know, if you just tart it up, you could just be throwing yourself at a guy. Well, that is technically true, but the scale of how far you would have to go from where you're at to get to that point, that's just not a reasonable thing to be concerned about. Go be excited. Go be that excited energized, butterflies in the stomach, tripping over your words, uh, putting on a dress that you think you look cute in, but you're not sure, but hopefully he likes it. Go be that gal. Yeah. That's that's the real you. Don't hold back. Go do your thing. See what happens. And if he's too dumb to figure it out, find the next guy and do your thing again. We love you. We believe in you. Go have some fun. It's a great point. There is little in this world that cannot be ascertained through the wisdom of Dolly Parton. That's just a fact. I have that no argument for that. Science fact. All right, we're going to move on to our last question here. It came into our Tumblr. It says, I'm a junior at a state university. I have a very difficult time with drawing the line between appropriate and inappropriate. There are topics people joke about, for example, summoning Satan or saying, I'm going to hell anyways, and I don't know the right way to go about responding. I don't. I know I shouldn't take things so seriously, but these are serious topics, and I don't. and I don't want to push people away with a response, but rather engage them. How do I do that? Glenn, can you kick us off? 
I can. Um, the first things first is uh, to figure out what your role is with these people. Um, the, apparently, there's a memo that went around to Christians where they said, your job is to be the sin police and just point out wrong stuff. Whenever you see wrong stuff, you say, ooh, look, wrong stuff. Um, <laughs> the problem uh, with that uh, is if you work in an environment like we do with the inner city ministry, uh, whatever direction you point in, there's wrong stuff going on. So yeah. there's not a lot of uh, use for that attitude. Um, when you're in a, an environment where you're in a in you know a college environment, uh, there's a lot of people trying on new ideas, and they're also bless their hearts, they're trying to impress each other yeah. with their deep thoughts about those different things, and generally they're talking about stuff they don't understand a whole lot uh and all of that's okay that's part of what that time of your life is for is you're sort of experimenting with these different ideas you know hey maybe i think this idea is cool maybe i think that idea is cool and you sort of walk around in that for a while and declare yourself to be that and then you say oh, i found out a few more facts on that now i don't think so uh you 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 put up the che Guevara poster and that makes you feel very edgy <laughs> and you find out a little feel more facts but maybe and, you met a cuban person <laughs> yeah exactly right you know uh then you know then do you say yeah i don't know that's 100 percent of what i'm actually about you know uh so you uh, maybe put up the gandhi poster instead now we're you know something where that's an ev evolution and that's good this is what college is for and this is this is great uh you do not need to dive into that and attempt to referee it yeah let people figure things out at their own pace in their own way. Uh, I think that's okay. You want to have a voice in that, and I think that's really actually what you're trying to say here, is that you want to have a voice. You don't. You, you don't want it to be sort of that shrill voice, or or sort of getting down into the the debates of unintelligent people debating stuff they don't really understand and all that. But here's the thing: is uh, to recognize that Jesus actually doesn't need you to defend him. Just a thought that may need to sink deep in. Uh, Jesus is right, whether people believe it or not. Jesus has uh, and and is now. The, the, God is working uh, through the Holy Spirit to reveal himself to everybody on the planet. And one way or another, people at various points in their life feel that pull from God. They recognize there's something there, and they're wrestling with that and dealing with that. You want to be part of the effort to help them see that more clearly, draw closer to that in, in a deeper intimacy. And that means kind of helping them see past all those things that hold them back. But none of that comes out in the debate and the discussion and all this kind of stuff. Uh, trying to defend Jesus, so to speak, when you perceive that, that someone has said something insulting or bad doctrine or whatever those things are, uh, you get yourself in that position of trying to kind of lecture to people to try and defend something uh, as if them not believing in it makes it less true or something like that. Um, and that it actually kind of puts you in a weaker thing as if, uh, as if you sort of need them to believe it in order for you to feel secure in it. And that's not how this goes. I think if, if, if you show people that you have the secure feeling about that, 
if somebody says something, you know, uh, well, I'm, you know, like you said, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to hell anyways, or those kinds of things. If, if, uh, somebody tells a off color joke or sort of whatever, uh, you know, sure. There, there may be a time to say, you know, you were joking about that, but you know, what's interesting is this and that, you know, uh, I know we're all kidding, but you know, you guys, uh, you know, th there's actually an interesting thing about that or whatever. Or, you know, or I hope if you guys are actually interested in that, you talk to me about it sometime. I'd love to, whatever. You can you can sort of plant those little seeds and, and let them know that you're available for that and what have you. And uh, you can let them know that there's stuff that you disagree with in a loving and polite and gentle way. And every now and then somebody will say something really rude and really offensive. You can say, hey, you know. But trying to referee that and try and get in that mix and get them to behave right and talk right and be right and whatever, um, that's not what it's about. Understand, and I'll close it out and hand it off to these other guys. Uh, I, I, I really don't like the idea of a Christian being easily offended. Yeah. Okay. Um, that sounds to me like a thing the devil can use to manipulate us, and I don't like any of that. I like being slow to anger because that's like a godly thing there. I like the idea of not uh, of, of choosing to act as opposed to choosing to react to other yep. people's stuff. Uh, I like the idea of keeping my head uh, when I'm in these kinds of situations and not being drawn into something I don't want to be drawn into. Uh, I think that's more of the Christian response than to try and, you know, sort of say, hey, I'm being offended by all these things. All you people who are non-believers must behave in a way that's acceptable to me because I'm being offended here. Absolutely, Jed. Well, let's, uh, I agree with everything Glenn said. Uh, let's tell the truth about something here. Um, nobody, and I do mean nobody, likes the guy that comes in and hates on what everybody else is into. Word. Nobody likes that guy. When people are talking about Harry Potter and you walk in and say, um, guys, I don't know if you know, but um, witchcraft is a sin. And it's something. Nobody likes that guy. Nobody. You know, I, I just, don't be that guy. You know, I just feel like uh, this is not entertainment. It's it's a sinful thing, and, <laughs> and nobody's convinced based on that nonsense. Yeah, it, they're just convinced not to hang out with you. Anymore. Exactly right. Absolutely. Most of the time, people that are on that grew up in an environment where that was going on. Yeah. That's that's what home was like. And and here's the thing. And I would guess that's true for you. You let me know if I'm wrong. But um, here's the thing: is if you're at college, now's your time to figure out if you still want to be on that or not. Come on now. That's right. Because uh, you don't have to. You don't have to be wound up all the time. Uh, you don't have to be uptight all the time. You don't have to be looking around for um, devils and demons and perdition everywhere you go. You don't have to do that. And if I had to guess, I think you sense that, that you could go a different way. And I think you might be scared because there's a sense of if I started – to change, if I if I said maybe mom and dad are a little weird about things, I don't know how deep that rabbit hole would go. Yeah, I, I don't know where we'd wind up, and and maybe I'd go from thinking they're a little weird to thinking maybe they're like massively uncool. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know who I'd be. I don't know. Um, I don't know what life would look like with that. Um, and what I bring to the table. What would that? I bring? If, exactly. Right. If I'm not the person pointing out that Harry Potter is witchcraft and therefore sinful, I don't know what my role in the kingdom would be. Right. But here's here's the thing that 
um, I would, it sounds like an odd thing, but I, I want to have it be something that you meditate on. Uh, go read Matthew chapter 25. Um, okay. Take some time, go read that. And it's a story about how Jesus said he was going to judge the world. And what you see in that is there's no, mess, uh, there's no mention of Harry Potter. There's no mention of secular music or R-rated movies. Um, oddly enough, there's no mention of premarital sex. There's no mention of homosexuality. Um, there's no mention of um, uh, really any of the things that I bet you've heard your parents rail on about. But it talks a lot about feeding hungry people. And that if we fail to do that, God will take that personally. It talks a lot about um, looking after people that are sick and imprisoned, and that if we fail to do that, God will take that personally. That that is the way, that's the criteria by which God will judge the universe. Here's why I bring that up. I don't think you know what sin is. I think that you have been presented your whole life with a catalog of things your parents didn't like, and we attach the word sin to all of those things, and that they taught you your job is to go forth and be the keeper of the faith and make sure people aren't into the things on this list. And here's what I'm saying is I don't think God agrees with you because um, I don't think that kids going hungry was on that list. Yeah. I have, I have a sneaking feeling that, that that never made the list. Here's what I want you to know. You say you're a junior at a state university. In your town, there are children tonight going to bed hungry. Right. I, statistically, that's just a fact. That's true. That's happening in your town. That is offensive to God. Right. That is offensive to a degree that he will judge the world on the basis of the fact that that's occurred. Um, and but, he wants something done about that right now. And he wants something now. done like right now yeah. about that. Um, but we don't have an emotional response on that. We don't, we don't feel afraid about that. We don't feel, um, concerned about that. We don't feel uptight about that. And here's why I mention all of that. Your parents, your upbringing taught you to say that what makes me feel uptight and uncomfortable is how I will know what sin is. Wow. And I think the thing that's before you is recognizing you've been given a completely broken barometer for how to figure out if something's wrong. Your emotions, your uncomfortability cannot guide you in determining sin from righteousness at all, not even a little bit. So what's before you, you, I think you sense in yourself that it may be time for a change that you could change, and there's a fear of how deep would the rabbit hole go, what would it even be like. And, and what I want you to know is two things. It would be completely different. You would not right. resemble the person you are today, and your life would not resemble your parents' life or the church that you grew up in that was on the same stuff. It would not resemble it. But what I can tell you is it would be so, so good. Yeah. It would be so amazing. You would have peace. You would have joy. You would have contentment. And you would do something about real, actual evil crap that's going mm -hmm. on. You would start making sure that kids don't go to bed hungry. You would start making sure that people aren't denied basic human rights. You would start impacting this world for good. And one day, you would hear your Lord and Savior say to you, when you fed that kid, you fed me. When you visited that prisoner, you visited me. When you helped that sick old lady, you helped me. That's the real you. And we just want to encourage you, let go of all the Harry Potter fear and run after the person God created you to be. Amen. Absolutely, Lee. 
This is all great stuff. I'm just going to tack on one little thing at the end of this, and this is an, an important thing to remember when you're in ministry, and that is, it, it's something that <clears throat> I, I know that these brothers are going to have my back on this, but uh, I only go where I'm invited. Yeah. Um, if if somebody wants to hear what I think about something, there's going to be something that precludes that, and that is, hey, Lee, can I ask you what you think about this thing right here? Tell it. That always goes before me sharing the way I feel about something. Now, the only exception to that is if I have a relationship with somebody where they've, in the past, we've already had like a discipleship relationship where like, you know, it's, it's already, we've already laid that down. We've already set that up and I've already given them advice, helped them walk through stuff. And if I see them in a very dangerous thing, I may come, I may step into a situation and, and deal with something or bring something to them or say, can we talk about this? But for the most part, for the most part, I only go where I'm invited. Um, you're, if you're on something weird or on something wrong and you don't care what I think about it, you're not going to hear what I think about it. And I'm just not going to do that. I, you know, I, I do uh, work with folks behind bars. I work with kids in high schools and I hear a lot of crazy stuff and I watch a lot of misbehavior and uh, I see a lot of terrible choices, patterns that people are, you know, things that people are doing that, that are tanking all kinds of stuff. I pray for them. I love them. I show up. I keep showing up. And the ones who are, are hungry for something new and they want to know about it, they're the ones who uh, come to me and talk to me about it and, and we find the way out. Um, but when you insert yourself into somebody else's life, I'm just going to tell you it's not going to go the way you hope it's going to go. The last little thing I want to add on to this is before you jump into anything, one thing that would be very cool is to stop and ask yourself, why is this person like this? Um, if I had been in their situation, would I be like this? Would I talk this way? Um, whatever, whatever they're on, it may be wrong, it may be messed up, maybe it is a sinful thing that's going on, but have you taken any time to wonder whether or not in the same situation you would be in the same place? Now, does that change the way that you pray for them? Does that change the way that you serve them? Does it change the way that you talk to them? So those are the last things I would add on to the end of that is, I only go where I'm invited. What is your relationship to this person? And have you ever stopped to ask for a moment, how did they get here? And what what happened? And would I be like them in this same kind of situation? Amen. That's a fantastic point. All right. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com or the bridgechicago.tumblr.com. If you write us a Tumblr message, just remember to add that you want it read in the podcast. Remember, through the end of the year, if you sign up for either BridgeBox at missionusa.com slash BridgeBox or the Lee Younger BridgeBox at missionusa.com slash BBLY, you will get a free six-track Christmas EP. Yes. And if you want to sign up for both, you can email me at matt at missionusa.com. We'll give you a custom link to get both for $12 a month. Thanks so much for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. Christmas. Mission accomplished. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha